So this morning, I'm going to talk about um, making our home in His glory. Making our home in His glory. And Peter didn't know what I was going to talk about. I mean, he, I mean, as far as my scriptures, he didn't know nothing about what I was going to share this morning. But the very last song that he played right before the offering, he began to speak about, show me your face. And I said, Lord, how, how beautiful was that? Because that was Moses' cry. He was saying, Lord, Show me your face. If I could just see your face, God. And I'm going to ask Peter if we can just visit that part again. Just, I'll, I'll let you go in a minute. <laughs> but I want you, I want to, you don't have to stand. You can be right where you're at. If you're watching, thank you for joining us this morning. But I want this to just hit our spirit right here in our belly where the inner man rests where the rivers of life flow. And I want that to just penetrate your heart this morning. That we would be out of our mind and into His heart. On the mountain Waiting for you to pass by You put your hand over His face In your presence, you wouldn't die. All of Israel saw the glory, and it shined down through the age. Now you called me to boldly. Seek your face Show me your face, Lord Show me your face Then gird up my legs that I might stand in this holy place. Show me your face, Lord, your power and grace, your power and grace. I can make it. To the end, but I can just see your face. So, this morning, how do we make our home in the glory? The question I'm going to ask you this morning is what is God's glory? I think we use words like glory and like the glory of God. And we use these kind of words, but do we, do we really know what God's glory is? Excuse me. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read. I mean, it's, it's the very first scripture that I'm going to share. It's going to come out of Exodus 33, verse 18. Making your home in the glory. Thank you, Father. So I'm going to start in verse 18. And Moses responded, Then show me your glorious presence. See, Moses was desperate. Lord, show me your face, God. I just want to know what your glory is. I want to, I want to be in that place of your presence, God. Moses saying, Lord, show me your glorious presence. And the Lord replied, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will call out my name, Yahweh, before you. For I will show you mercies to anyone I choose, and I will show compassion <clears throat> to anyone I choose. But you may not look directly at my face, for no one has seen me and lives. The Lord continued, Look, stand near me on this rock as my glorious presence passes by. I will hide you in the crevice of the rock and I'll cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and let you see me from behind. But my face will not be seen. God's glory is His goodness. The goodness of God is the glory of God. His presence is the glory of God. The Word is His glory. And guess what? We're the chosen ones. God says, I have called you to be a carrier of my presence. A carrier of my glory. I'm going to be in John 1, verse 14. And I'm reading out of the NLT. I don't know which ones we're putting up there. King James, okay. I'm reading out of the NLT. But John 1.14 says this. So the Word became human, made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. <clears throat> the part I want to I expound on right here is where it says, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us and beheld His glory. That Word dwelt among us. That means to live amongst us. The Word 
the glory of God, the word of God, Jesus was made flesh. The glory of God. Then it says that the glory of God comes amongst us. So that means that we are living in this realm of the glory. How do we make our home in the glory? It's His presence. It's the Word. Hmm. Holy Ghost. Jesus. I'm going to read the same verse, but I'm going to read it out of John, uh, out of the Passion Translation now. Because I love the way it says in the Passion. Because we're talking about what is glory. And it says this, And so the living expression ah, you feel that glory? It says the living expression became a man and it lived among us. The glory it's the living expression and it lives among you, among us. And we gaze upon the splendor of His glory and the glory of one and the only one who came from the Father overflowing with tender mercies and truth. The glory of God overflows. It's tender. It's merciful. It's truth. It's the Word made flesh. It's the glory, the presence. And it lives amongst us. It's the living expression of the Father's heart. Think about that. It's the expression of the Father's heart. The glory of God is the expression of who the Father is. When we are in the glory, we are in the heart of the Father. We are expressing the very thing of who God is. That's why when the glory of God shows up, what happens the kingdom of heaven becomes manifested. When we truly see the glory of God come, that's when you begin to see miracles, signs, and wonders. You don't have to pray for nobody. Jesus didn't go around praying. He just spoke it. Be healed. Why? Because He was the expression of the glory of, the, of God. He was the heart of God. He was the, the Word made flesh. He was the glory here on earth. That's what it says. It's the living expression of love. It's His mercies and truth that become revealed in the glory. Because when the glory comes, when we're, when we're sitting and we're operating in the glory, 
when the glory is upon us, this is what happens. The rest of God, not the rest of God, but the resting of God comes in. There's no more striving. There's no more battling. There's no more things in our mind, those whispers of the enemy where he comes to lie and, and tell us all these things of who he says we are. When the glory of God, when we live in the place of the glory and the presence, everything we do and say and see and hear is God. Because he is the glory. The resting of the Lord comes in. Desire comes in. The way I can explain that is when you're in that place of resting in the Lord, the desire of the Lord just sits upon you. And all you do is desire more of Him. Lord, I just want more. Lord, my heart is to be with you, God. You're my heart's desire, God. That's the glory. Hunger. Hunger comes in. When we live in the glory, hunger dwells in the glory. Because you want more. Have you ever had something to eat and it's so good? I mean, it's the most amazing, delicious thing that you could ever eat. And you're full. But man, you're like, oh man, I'm so full, but this is so good. You know, you taste of the goodness of God. And, and the, the thing about that is you can never be full of the goodness of God. You can take it and take it and take it. Like our spiritual appetite will never be empty or dry. He will always make us hungry for more. Hunger lives in the place of the glory. You can't walk in... Listen. I'm only going to speak from my experience. But I can't walk in a place of being in the glory of God and not be hungry for more of God. Because once you've tasted of the goodness of God, once Moses was able to see the backside of God, there was a goodness that passed by him. And he was never the same. Something happened that day. I can't explain. I mean, I don't know, but I can think about like, God. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what he felt that day, right? Like the very fullness of God just walked past by him. Everything, every muscle tissue, every fiber beam, every part of him responded to God. 
Every hair on his arm. Can you imagine? Every tear. Because he's God. And when heaven and when, when heaven comes to earth and it lines up, heaven becomes manifested. I hope I'm making sense. When you're living in the glory, the heavens open wide. It it opens wide. And everything that's in heaven becomes so tangible, it becomes so real, it becomes our, our heavenly reality becomes our earthly reality because the heavens are open because we're dwelling in the glory. I can, I can recall being in meetings where people are beginning to operate and their signs and wonders are happening and people are being saved and set free and there's such an open heaven that I'm not even ministering, but I begin to get the prophetic words that are coming out of everywhere. Why? Because the glory of God rests upon us and it becomes open and every single one of us get to step right in. That's why you hear people say things like, the prophetic isn't something that's taught. It's something that's caught. I can begin to prophesy right now into the atmosphere. I can begin to pray in the Holy Spirit right now. And the glory of God will fall in this place. And I guarantee you, every one of you will begin to see dreams and visions. Open visions. Because the glory of God. The glory of God rests upon us. I was praying this morning. And and the Lord gave me a a picture. It was a picture when Jesus was on the boat with the disciples and uh, the storm came. Remember? There was a storm that it was, it, it was, as a matter of fact, let's just turn there. It's going to be in, in Matthew 8, verse 23. All right, Michael, you're on it. It says in Matthew 8, 23, Then Jesus got into the boat and started across the lake with His disciples. And suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake with the waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke Him up shouting, Lord, save us! We're going to drown! Can you imagine? Wow. And it's serious. Look, look I, you hear the word lake, you're like, oh, just a little lake. No. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how big it was, but I've been on the lake before. And these are miles. And they're, I mean, the, it's 100 feet, 200 feet deep. I remember one time me and my son Peter and Chris, we were on a boat. Peter's going to get mad at me for sharing this. But we were on a boat. So you got 
two big guys and one medium guy on this little boat, one of those little army boats, not a pontoon, one of those little, you know, small boats. We were well over the weight limit, just put it that way. (laughs) And we're out there and we're going into the bay. We were in the bay. I don't even know where we were at. It might have been Rockport, Texas, or, or Port Aransas. And we were on this boat. And, it's, and we were, I mean, it felt like we were far. Had a little bit of engine. And all of a sudden, the clouds begin to roll. And we're far. And then the waves started going. Oh, my God. And then we're on this little bitty boat, and then you're way out there, and they have random sandbars. So we're out there trying to come back because a storm was coming. There was a storm brewing. Like, it was real. I'm not going to kid you. I was like, Shokorobas. I thought, oh, Jesus, get us back, God. And I'm trying to be the, the brave one, and Peter's freaking out. Oh, God, Dad, Dad. Like, like he thought we were going to die. It was traumatizing. It really was. And then I was with my father-in-law. And he was in the Navy for like 30-something years, retired. And I told him, I said, bro, you were in the Navy. How did you not see this coming? Well, I didn't know, you know. And, but anyways, the water began to swell. And we're trying to get through this, and we're going, and then... then our motor got stuck in the big buoy that's out there. So we're stuck in the buoy. And the waves are coming. And now the wind is coming. And it starts to rain. And I'm trying to be so calm and cool. But I'm like, man, I'm scared. What am I doing out here? This big Mexican has no... No business being out here. <laughs> and then as we're going, we, we finally untangle ourselves. By this time, it's coming down. It's coming down. The rain starts flying sideways. And then our, our motor gets stuck in the sandbar. So we're like, <clears throat> so we're like, get off. So then I think, did we get off? I think some of us got off or we lifted ourselves somehow and we were able to push ourselves off the sandbar. Finally, we made it home. But the reason why I said all that is because when you're on this boat in the middle of the lake and the storm comes in, it is scary. Mind you, these were the disciples. They were fishermen. They seen storms. They've been on the boats before, right? But there was something particular about this storm. It was so real to them that they shouted. It says, they woke him up shouting, Lord, save us! They were scared. The fishermen were scared. We're all going to drown. And Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. 
Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves. And suddenly there was a great calm. The disciples were amazed. And they said, who is this man? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Even that port right there. The Lord will show me this morning. That even that is a picture of what living in the glory looks like. That even in the midst of the craziest chaotic storm, Jesus was sleeping. He was in peace. He wasn't worried about it. He was living in the place of the glory. That he knew the power that he had in the glory. He knew that at any moment, he could rebuke the wind and the storm. <laughs> oh, Jesus. When the glory comes, when you live in that glory, people who have never prophesied will begin to prophesy. People who have never prayed for the sick or seen the sick healed or recover will begin to see the miracles and signs and wonders in the glory. I love how Peter sings in that song, in the glory. In the glory you can see when your eyes are shut. That's powerful. It's also scary. Have you ever tried closing your eyes and walking in a place where you know nothing? It's scary. But it's about trusting the Lord. Amen? In the glory, vision comes. Vision comes. You see, and the angelic, what happens is the glory realms are open that even the angelic comes to partner with you. The angels are dispatched to come and partner with the bride, with us. They partner with us to see heaven manifested. That's what the angels do. They partner with us to see it manifested. But God calls you and I to demonstrate what is being manifested on earth as it is in heaven. In the glory. I remember we were in, in Houston, Texas one time, and, and I want to see, we were talking about the glory that day. I was, I was sharing ministry on the glory. And as I looked up, on the very top right corner of this church, there was a huge facility. On the very top right corner, I began to see these angels. And this angel then, it was, it was I know it's really wild, but this angel turned into a faucet. Like it turned into a water faucet, a big faucet. And all of a sudden, I just saw the hand of the Lord coming, just begin to turn the faucet. And I began to see the river begin to flow. The Lord was turning on the faucets of heaven, and He was releasing His goodness. He was releasing the glory of God. That's the glory. Isaiah 61, 
3. Let's turn there real quick. Isaiah 61.3 says this. To all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyful blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness, they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Let's go back. Listen to that. That they would be like great oaks that are planted for His own glory. What does it say there? Yeah, come on. I love that. <laughs> Guess what? We are those, we are those trees. You and I are those trees that the Lord has planted. And you know what he's saying in that verse, in that scripture? He's saying that I have planted you for my glory. Our purpose is that His glory would exude out of us. The righteousness of heaven, the righteousness of our Father would come out of us. You are like a tree that is always fruitful. Think about that. You are a tree that is always fruitful with no withered leaves and you'll never have the bad fruit. God is making you His planting for the display of Himself. That's why He's planted you. He put you on display so the whole world can see Him in you. Does that make sense? Have you guys ever seen an oak tree? An old oak tree. Man. He wants you to be <laughs> He wants you to be the showcase of his beauty. He wants you to be the character that gives evidence of his glory. <laughs> you guys are quiet today. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. Thank you, Father. Jeremiah 17, verse 7. I'm going to read 7 and 8. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord, for they have made their, their Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along the river banks. Listen to this. This is important. They are like trees that are being planted by the river bank. Hold that thought. 
with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried about the long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. Y'all get, do y'all understand that? When you're planted by the riverbanks, you have an unlimited resources, you have unlimited fruit that comes because you're, you're tapped into the very water, the very source. Now we, we're, let's speak spiritually here. When you're, when you're at the riverbanks, the very DNA, the very utmost of the, all the nutrition of heaven that flows in this river is what feeds this tree. And everything that comes out of you, all your leaves, all your fruit, will be perfect and splendor because the Lord has planted you to display His glory. You'll never stop producing fruit. When you're by the river, you're constantly being fed. Oh. You're constantly being fed. The river of life is just flowing in and out of you. And the roots are pulling all the goodness of God. And every part that you need is there for you. Have you ever found yourself in a place where you're like, man, I feel like I don't hear God. I feel like I'm praying, but I'm not getting nothing back. I feel like I'm so far away. And, and we, we, we can do this and we think about life, you know. Sometimes we can get so consumed with our Netflix. Get so consumed with work, with our hours. Everyday things we do in our life, we get so consumed by. And when we we take away from hearing God. He's a good God all the time. But we got to stay by the river. Because see, the further you get away from the river, your leaves begin to die. The fruit is not fresh no more. And what, listen, what comes out of you during your pressing, your pressing season? In your pressing, what comes out of you will show you how close you are to the river. If my season of, of attack, or if my season of, of, of uh, 
going through something, whether it's financial or, or it's, it's marital or, or what, whatever it may look like. Whatever the season it looks like, when we are pressed, whatever comes out of us in that pressing will show us how far we are from the river. I'm going to speak for myself when I say this. When There's times that I've been pressed. And my response is far from what the Lord would say. And my wife has to help me sometimes. Babe, that's not the Father's heart for you. I know, babe, but no. You're not hearing God. You know what she's telling me? She's saying, you're too far from the river. You've got to get closer. Because the further away you get from the river, then the louder the voices of the whispers of the enemy get. And my leaves begin to die and they begin to wither up. No longer am I feeding myself the nutrition of heaven, but I'm supplementing it with the counterfeit. That's why the Lord says, I want you to live in the glory. Make your home in the glory. That's where you want to be. I've got a beautiful house for you. Why are you going so far, son? Oh, Jesus. Isaiah 32, 17. Because see, in the river, in the river, our fruit will never go bad. So Isaiah 32, 17 says this, and the work of righteousness shall be, the, be peace, and the effect of righteousness, quietness, and assurance forever. I'm going to read out the NLT. The fruit of righteousness will be peace, and the effect of righteousness will be the quietness and the confidence forever. The fruit that comes out of the river, the fruit that comes out of the glory of God, is peace. You want to know what it looks like to live and the glory, it's the peace of God that rests upon you. Peace comes in. Hope comes in. Restoration comes in. Hunger comes in. Desire comes in. Peace and the effects are forever in the glory. In the glory, it's forever. <laughs> Come on. Oh, Jesus. You're so good, God. <laughs> I'll go. 
Lord, I'll go. To the glory of the Lord's here. Revelations 22 says this. Then the angel showed me a river with water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God. Woo! And of the Lamb. I want to read that again. Then the angel showed me a river with water of life, clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And it flowed down the center of the main street. And then on each side of the river grew a tree of life. The tree of life is planted on the right and the left of the riverbanks of the city of Zion. The tree of life gets its very essence from the river of life. (laughs) On each side, the river grew a tree of life. Bearing 12 crops of fruit with each fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for the medicine to heal the nations. To heal the nations. This river in Revelations 22, it's the same river that feeds the streams. You know when you have a river? You have streams that come out of the river. It's the ministries of the Holy Ghost. It's the ministries of the Holy Spirit that flow. They stream out of the rivers of life. The river of life. It's run with revival. It's emerging streams. It's the Father's table. Come on. It's Ecclesia. It's all the different streams that come from the river. It's the same, listen, it's the same glory, it's the same nutrition, it's the same substance, the same DNA (laughs) that's in the river of Revelation 22. And guess what? The Lord says, I have called you and I have planted you by the riverbank. That your leaves will not wither. And that your fruit will always be fruitful. It will always be good by the river. We are the trees of righteousness. So, a while back the Lord gave me a, a, a revelation and 
I can't explain this other than it's only Holy Ghost. So for the heresy hunters out there, I'm sure I'll get comments. <laughs> Y'all know my heart. The Lord showed me the pool of Bethesda. I saw it in an open vision. I saw this pool. This is several years back. And I saw where the angel was stirring the waters. Hey, you know what's really interesting about that? Maybe y'all knew this. I didn't even know this. I was reading and I was looking for the scripture where the, angels was, the angel was stirring the water. And did you know that in my Bible, it, it, they took it out? The, in all the versions, the only version that they kept it in was the King James Version. I thought that was interesting. They took out, I believe it was John 5.4. Because there was a, a disagreement between the Greek and the New, the New Testament writers. So they omitted 5-4. And I was reading this morning. I was like, verse 1, 2, 3, 5. I'm like, where's 4? So I had to go and research it. I found out they took out 4. Shame on them. So, I saw the angel that was doing this stirring. I'm going to read it. John 5, chapter 5, verse 4 says this. And it should be on the King James. Bam. Holy Ghost. For the angel of the Lord went down to a certain season, went down at a certain season into the pool and stirred up the waters. Whoever then first, after stirring up the waters, stepped in, was made well from whatever disease which he was afflicted. Whatever disease he had. There you go. So in this encounter, this vision that I had, the Lord allowed me to step into the pool. And he said, did you know that the pool of Bethesda was the overflow from the river of Revelation 22? That the pool was the overflow. That the miracles and signs and wonders that happened in this pool as they stirred it up. That it was the overflow of the river of Revelation 22. That's why you were able to step right in. Because they would stir the waters, but it was the river of life that gave substance. <laughs> so good. My mind was blown that time. So what I want to do is I'm going to give you a few keys because everybody likes keys. I'm going to give you a couple keys that are very basic and very easy for us and then we're going to pray. These are keys to living in His presence and His glory. And most of these things we know already. We just don't apply. Number one. Numero uno. 
knowing who God is and knowing our identity in Him, that is the main key. We must know who God is. Because if we see God any other way, we won't see His heart. We must know who He is and who He is in us. That's our main key. Number two, give your all to God. You want to live in the glory? You want to make your home in that place? Give your all to God. Surrendering your heart. Love Him with all that's inside of you. Like really, really madly love Him. You know, I think about I think about my wife and how much I love my wife and my children. And if I, if I start thinking what my life would look like without my wife for a moment, I'm just going to be transparent, okay? I start thinking about my life without my wife, I get really sad. Because I love my wife so dearly. I would die for my wife. I mean, this is truth. And I see, but there's a love that I have for my wife that all I want is the very best and I'm madly in love with her. We have to be like that with the Lord. That I'm so madly in love with you, God, that I don't want to be away from you. I don't want to be apart from you, God. That, that everything you are, I want to be in me. That I would surrender my all Love Him with all that's in you. We have to learn how to love well. Love people around you. This is hard. Love people who curse you. I've been in that season where people that were really close to us, people we mentored, people we raised up, and the Lord said, keep your mouth shut and your heart pure. We have to learn how to love well. Love those who even hate you. Man, I was rocked yesterday. And I wept. That pastor that was released from that Turkish prison. He met with Trump. I don't know how long he was in that prison, but it was a long time. And you can imagine what it was like. But he goes and he sits there with the President of the United States. And he drops to his knee. And he says, let me pray for you. And he prays for the president. And he gives him godly wisdom. And he says, Holy Spirit, give him wisdom. Love well. He could have been 
oh man, you don't know what they put me through. You have no idea what happened to me when I was in prison. And where was my country? What did you do for me? No. He got out and he got on his knee. And he, he, demonstrated. he was a tree of righteousness. Planted by the riverbank. And the fruit that came out of him was love and life. Ha <laughs> ha! Jesus. I'm going to give you a scripture for this. It's coming out of Matthew 22, verse 37. And it says, And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. That's your key. Love the Lord with everything that you have. Every, everything. Number three. Number three. Chase after God. Hunger and thirst for His righteousness. Chase him. And the scripture for that is going to be Matthew 6.33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. When you chase after God, when you hunger and you thirst for more of Him, it says all of these things will be added unto you. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Thank you, Lord. So number three. Number three is this. Worship and meditate on the Lord. Now mind you, these are keys how to make your home into glory. Number four is, I'm sorry, is that number four? Yeah, number four, right? Is worship and meditate on the Lord. And I'm going to give you a scripture for this. It's coming out of Psalms 145, 5. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wonderful works, I will meditate. I will meditate. I will vast 
I will rest. So what I want us to do this morning, I want us to sing that song again. And if we can just stand this morning, and those that are watching on online, just hang with us and pray with us. Because we're gonna we're gonna pray about making our home in the glory. And when you sing this song this morning. I want you to sing this song from another place. Not just as a song you have the words to, but with every part of who you are and who He is inside of you. That that would be our heart's cry this morning. Lord, show me Your face, God. I just want to see Your face, God. Show me Your glory, God. Lord, show us Your glory.
your glory, God. That you would show us your glory, God. Holy Spirit, you're so welcome. That we would rest in your glory, in your presence, Lord. Jesus. Father, I just thank you for those that are in this place this morning, God. Lord, even now we surrender our all just to be in that place of your presence, God. Let us smell your goodness, God. Let us taste of your goodness, God. Because your glory, your goodness is your glory, God. So this morning, God, we just taste of your goodness, God. You're so good, God. Show me your face. 